Hey, this is Matthew's Table podcast channel. We wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and reminds you of who you are, but more importantly, whose you are. Welcome to uh, Matthew's Table. If you're new here, I'm glad that you've decided to visit us. I never think it's coincidence. I think God himself brought you here today for a reason. You have been prayed for, and hopefully you've been greeted with love. Um, there's a recovery, it's called For the Love of Recovery. It's a meeting at, uh, it's a thing at Good Shepherd on February the 15th from 6 to 10 p.m. And um, Roger told me to announce, and Joe, there's a lot of different people in the recovery community putting this on, so they would love to have you out there. We have connect cards by each door. If you're new here or if you've been here, you can write your name, your number, your prayer request on the connect cards, place it in the box, and someone will reach out to you. Someone will be praying for you. We, we are not and we don't strive to be a see you next Sunday church. We are a family. Because we're family, every woman in here should be at Christian Malay's testimony tomorrow at Woman of Worth. Yeah. It's going to be a powerful testimony of God's grace. If you have food uh, that you brought for Women of Worth, you can get that, get that to Sammy Kidd after church. If you're looking for a perfect church, I'm not sure how you heard about this one or how you ended up here in the first place. We just serve a perfect Savior. And if we don't do anything else right, like the worship team said, we're going to shout it from the mountains that Jesus is Lord. Look on your left and look on your right and say, God has you here for a reason and he loves you. Yeah. I feel like some people, they might have got skipped right there. So I'll just say it. God loves you all and he has you here for a reason. Exciting news in the church. Our youth is going to youth camp for the first time this year. Yeah. Rob, Rob and Heather Penny, they need a final head count on how many uh, kids are going. So if your kid is going, please get with Heather. She's standing in the back, or Rob, and let them know that your kid is planning to go. To raise money so they can go to youth camp, they're going to set up a coffee station on March the 16th. None of that Keefe and jail coffee. It's going to be like Starbucks. So save your money that day and come support the youth. I want y'all to all pray and think about maybe sponsoring a youth for youth camp. It's a, it would be around like $250 per, ch per child. But me personally, I don't think there's nothing better that we can invest in than to invest in our future. They're doing a pre-sale on t-shirts, so if you want to buy a t-shirt, uh, get with Heather or Rob. Every little bit of thing they're doing, like doing car washes, they got me working to death, giving announcements. Everything they're doing is so we can get each and every one of our youth to camp. Give it up for our youth leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Be praying for them on a daily basis because... You know and I know the enemy would love to steal our future. The enemy is working full time, pumping out all the wrong music, all the wrong role models, trying to surround them with all the wrong people. 
If you have teenagers, I would cancel all your plans on Wednesday, and I would have my teenagers at youth on Wednesday nights. I've been there, and they will point your teenagers to Jesus each and every week. Our youth are worth investing in. So get with Rob and Heather. Be praying for them. Help get our youth to camp. The rest of the announcements, you can look on the back of your bulletin. That's why we print them out. <laughs> I don't want to spend all day on announcements. To worship with your giving, we can't forget that one though. No, I'm fine. <laughs> to worship with your giving, text Matthew's table with no space in between to the number 73256. Or there's boxes by each door that you can place your giving in. Someone sent me something the other day and it convicted me. They said most churches will spend more time on announcements than praying for the lost. Announcements are important, but praying for the lost is way more important. So I'm going to take a moment and pray for the lost and pray for our city and pray for those in here who are hurting today. Also, uh, be praying for Miss Debbie. Uh, she usually sits over there. She's in a nursing home now. So be praying for her just that uh, she's in this transition of if she doesn't walk, um, then she'll be in the nursing home maybe forever. But we know God can heal and God can bring her back to her to us. So just be praying for Miss Debbie. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this church, Matthew's table, your bride. Thank you that uh, you love the church so much that you laid your life down for us. I thank you for each and every person in here, and I know that you brought them here for a reason. I pray that as they're dealing with different things and different hurts, they're not distracted about the fact that you died for us. That's the main thing, and we're going to lift that up. We're going to lift your name up if we don't do anything else right. So I pray for everyone from the front row to the back row that they ultimately become with a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Open your Bibles with me this morning to Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen. Let's read. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And the husband said, Ah, no, you ain't been a husband long enough. <laughs> For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. I hope, Jonna, I hope you heard that one. <laughs> now husbands, though, before we throw this big celebration... And whisper, submit to your wife. Look at your Bibles and tell me how small the wife's part is. And now look at how large the husband's part is coming up. Get ready. Husbands, love your wives. And the wife said, Amen. Y'all ain't been married long enough. <laughs> As Christ loved the church. Yeah, my wife really said amen on it. Yeah, and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to him, him himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. 
For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it prefers to Christ and the church. However, let each of one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife seize that she respects her husband. Love and respect, sacrifice and submission. Today, if you haven't noticed, we're taking a break from the book of John and talking about, in my opinion, something that no matter where you find yourself out this morning, whether single, divorce, married, on the verge of divorce, something that applies to each and every one of you, because for each and every one of us, we can find ourselves in one of four places. We're either gonna get married one day, we have been married, we're currently married, or we're just gonna stay single. And because I know marriage is so complex, there's so many mixed emotions about it, so many reactions towards it, we need to figure out A, what marriage is, and B, what marriage is not. So for the single people in here, now is not the time to roll out. This message applies to us all, every single one of us. Soon Angel and Joe Welsh, they'll be doing a marriage survey for couples in here so we can better serve our, our married couples at Matthew's table. So be looking for the, forward to that coming up. So many of us, we have our own ideas of marriage, right? Whether we got that idea from our parents, our grandparents, a happy-go-lucky marriage on social media, friends, who has set that standard for you? For me personally, my parents were divorced, my grandparents were divorced, my brothers and sisters have all had rocky marriages, so my view of marriage is probably through a broken lens. Growing up for me, there was no model marriage that I could say, that's who I desire to be like. Preparing for this sermon, I asked a question on Facebook. I posted, when you think about marriage, what is the very first thing that comes to your mind? As you're sitting in your seats, someone said love. I want you to think about the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about marriage. Compassion. Yes, God in the middle of it. So I got different answers like faithfulness comes to mind, fairness, forever, teamwork, a best friend. And then I got answers on the whole other end like run comes to mind. Yeah. So, mistake. Someone wrote, divorce is what I was thinking. Lies, cheating, tears, heartbreak. So we're on one side or the other. I even had one person with the nerve to say, unlimited. I ain't going to say the other words, but, <laughs> but we all know for the married people, that's probably a lie. <laughs> so if we... If we, took, if we took a poll in here and we took a, if we took a survey, we would probably get all kinds of mixed reactions, right? That's right? For some people in here, marriage is gonna strike up emotions from maybe a nasty divorce or abuse they faced. 
It may strike up emotions as you may be sitting here single thinking, is there anyone out there for me? Is there this perfect man or woman coming to my rescue? It may strike up feelings as to a cheating spouse or failed attempts and brokenness. It may strike up emotions as you may be sitting there on the end of your rope and you're maybe thinking about walking out of the house yourself. For the person in here today who has been hurt by a failed marriage or who is hurting in their marriage, we find our hope in not the perfect man or woman coming to save us. We find our hope in the only perfect man, the God-man, Jesus Christ. Selfish people take. Our Savior gives. Selfish people abuse. Our Savior loves. Selfish people will take advantage of you. Our Savior laid his life down. So before I can move forward, the thing that unites all Christians across the globe, single or married, is we don't place our hope in other broken people. We place our hope in Christ and Christ alone, the only man who will never let you down. The world will teach marriages 50-50 or the so-called 80-20 rule. 50-50, I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. 80-20, I'm not perfect, and when I'm 20, I need you to be my 80 and vice versa. The world teaches a romanticized Titanic Jack and Rose type of love. This hero coming to sweep you off your feet on this white horse and you can just drink wine on the beach all day long. We all watch shows like The Bachelor and we love that he picks the one. Off one of my favorite childhood movies, It Takes Two. We view love as this can't eat, can't sleep, reach for the stars, over the fence, World Series kind of stuff, right? And that's where we find ourselves at this morning. Who is setting the standard for marriage? We live in scary times. It says just be who you want to be. You can't help who you love. We let our kids date and try different scenarios of this boyfriend and that girlfriend, and we fantasize about finding the one and if you was to ask our youth leaders, one of the biggest problems in youth today, they will probably say, dating each other. Who is setting the standard for marriage, church? I guess if we wanted to see how a watch worked, we would ask a watchmaker. And in this same concept to see how marriage works, we better look at the one who designed it, God himself. I don't care if it's 2020 and the government is trying to change the laws. Marriage was designed by God, created by God, ordained by God, and chosen by God. From Genesis 1 to Genesis 3, we have the creation story, a love story, and the fall. In Genesis, God created everything. And by the way, it was good. God made the light and it was good. God made the land, and it was good. God made night and day, and it was good. Everything, including the first man Adam made, 
Adam that God made was good. Food was good, relaxation was good, work was good, everything was good. And then we get to Genesis 2.18. We go from a whole lot of good to, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And in that moment, God created the most beautiful, the most complex, the most attitudish being in all of creation. Yes. He created the very first human that couldn't pick where we was eating at for lunch if their life depended on it. Yes. Y'all gonna argue about lunch when you leave here. Right there in the Garden of Eden, God performs the first ever wedding ceremony by creating Eve. And if you was to ask Adam, I bet he was to say it was good for a while. From the first marriage in all of creation to the people in here who are planning to get married, marriage is beautiful. Marriage is complicated. Marriage is hard. Marriage is sacrificial. Marriage is compromising. Can we talk real today? Can we be honest, church? Why do you think that 50% of marriages end in divorce? It's hard, it's tough, it's a fight. No one is running to submit. No one is eager to sacrifice. Those 11 verses in Ephesians could be summed up in two words, submission, sacrifice. You're not gonna learn that in school. You probably wasn't shown that by your parents and you definitely won't hear from your fake friends. You throw kids in the mix, you'll be ready to run off somewhere and get a fresh start. And before you think, I could never, let me be real if I can. There's been plenty of days in my seven years of marriage where the enemy whispered in my ear, Nick, this will be a whole lot easier if you packed up your bags and left. She's holding you back, Nick. Then on top of the enemy whispering in my ear to pack my bags, my wife has an infatuation with Snapped on Lifetime, and she's taking life insurance policies out on me. And I'm thinking, what kind of ideas is she getting? I'm like, how much life insurance do we need? <laughs> yeah. Most of us, if we were honest, me included, we are selfish, we are self-serving, we are prideful, and we want things like the way we want them. You know how I know? My wife's body pillow. It's just what I just said. It's hers. I don't care if I'm in the dream of my life, slobber coming out. She will snatch that thing so quick from under my head in the boldest act of unsubmission you've ever seen. She makes no apologies about her body pillow. She has her ideas about the temperature in the house, and it's pretty close to hell. I have my ideas about temperature in the house, and it's kind of close to Antarctica. She has her ideas about money. I have my ideas about money. She has her ideas about vacation. I have my ideas about, about vacation. And without compromise, without submission and sacrifices, we will be pulling a rope in two different directions. What happens when you pull a rope in two different directions? It breaks, it will snap in two. When I go on vacation, 
You want to know what I'm thinking? Alone time, lazy time, relaxation, naps, laying on the floor, reading a book or two. You know what John is thinking? Let's go on a slingshot, dinner reservations, shopping, boat rides, adventure, all day long. Go, 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 go. So even for us, vacation is work. It's understanding each other. It's submission and it's sacrifice. But when we have the perspective that marriage is for holiness and not happiness, that can change things. Marriage is designed to represent something so much greater than ourselves. It's a mirror image of Christ's love for his church. It's a mirror image of the gospel. It's a mirror image of what true love is. Unless we have a healthy view and a, of the true gospel of Jesus Christ, then there's no way any of our marriages can thrive as they were intended. Sadly, we live in an all-about-ourselves culture. You should just make me happy, and that even bleeds into our church. If you don't meet my needs, I'll just go find another church. And if you don't do what I like, I'll just go find someone that will please me. And if you don't speak the way I want you to speak, I'll just listen to someone else who will. Husbands, we look at Christ as the example, and it makes things a whole lot easier to lay our lives down for our wives when we know that Christ laid his life down for us. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor then the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What did that just say? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. Does Christ love his church because she's perfect? No. Does Christ love his church because she's always so beautiful? No. Christ loves his church because we are his bride, flaws and all, and if he is your Lord and Savior, you are his. And that's not signed on a contract that's breakable, that's sealed with his blood, covenantal. For better or for worse, Christ loves you. Richer or poorer, Christ loves you. In sickness and in health, Christ loves you. My song of the sermon is 100% lie. Loving you is easy because you're beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Loving you is easy because you're beautiful? I don't think so. (laughs) Love is sacrifice. And the most beautiful display of love in the world was the Savior of the world hanging on the cross for sinners. Husband, the most beautiful display of love is when we lay our life down for our wives single people. The most beautiful display of love is when you lay your life down for the gospel. Let's look at Ephesians again and notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, girlfriend, submit to your boyfriend. It doesn't say women should submit to all men. 
But it does say, and we can't change that, wives should submit to their husband. It does say that the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. It doesn't say, husbands, that your wife is a doormat. It doesn't say, woman, give me a soda and get my chips. It doesn't say, you're the boss and what you say is go. It says, lay your life down for your wife. In a practical way, I think we can lay our life down and spend less time on the PS4 and more time in prayer. I think we lay our life down when we sacrifice our time, our own pursuits, sometimes our dreams, even times our very own happiness. Husbands, it starts with us just like the gospel starts with Jesus. Being the leader of your home does never, never, ever gives you the permission to command and control. It's a responsibility to love like Christ. Single ladies, you looking for a man? Find you one that's in love with Christ. Single man, you looking for a woman? Find you one that's in love with Christ. The standard is and always will be Jesus. It's not about you. And my marriage is really not even about us. It's about Jesus. And when we see things through an eternal scope, we can see marriage is a true image of the gospel. And we make it about us like we do in 2020. It becomes less about Jesus. And it becomes less about Jesus. We're scoring points. But sadly, we're scoring points for the whole wrong team. Marriage isn't about you. If it was on our wedding days, you know what we would say? For better or for better. For richer or for richer. And only if you stay in good health. It is true. We must love each other and we must be intentional. But do you know when I find my wife the most attractive? Arms raised in worship, serving women in need, on our knees praying for our daughter, none of the things that I found attractive when I met her. My standard was broken. It was worldly. It was, I seen things through a broken lens. What I found attractive then about Jonna was this dance that she did at the club. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't that pretty. I, I might have just... Had one too many. No, I'm fine. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> the couch might, no, I'm fine. <laughs> what I found attractive about my wife, my girlfriend then, she had her own place. She had her own car. She had a job. My wife, my girlfriend, she was all right then, but today she's all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Yeah, plus she's my boo thing. Give it up for my boo thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm the most blessed man on earth to be married to my wife, for real. I wouldn't trade her in for all the money in the world. I wouldn't trade my wife in for my wildest dreams. If she needed a lung, kidney, or a heart, I would gladly do that. I would gladly lay my life down for her. I would gladly sacrifice my time for her, gladly sacrifice my finances for her, 
gladly give my life if need be for Jonna. Is she perfect? Nope. Does she drive me crazy sometimes? Yes. Does she swipe the car too much? Yes. Not today. <laughs> Got that thing on lock. <laughs> Men, women, sacrifice means we show grace. Sacrifice means we don't condemn. And sacrifice means we don't keep score. I don't got 10 points and she's got three points and I'm winning this game. We can't keep points in our pocket when our spouses messes up, dangling it over them at our convenience. That's not love. Christ said when he forgives, he forgives like it never happened. He doesn't hold it, hold it against us. Someone I knew, they was having a whole lot of marriage problems, a whole lot of issues. And they was getting some different opinions. By the way, if you're married in here, be careful who you get your opinions from. Be careful who's pouring into your marriage. That's why uh, this sermon, that's why it ain't just for married people. It's for anybody because sometimes we got the wrong people pouring into our marriages and telling us it's okay to walk out. And I understand if you walk out and she gets on my nerves too and you'd be better off without her. So I pray for the marriages in here. Just be careful who's pouring into your life. Be careful who's pouring into your marriage. Uh, this marriage, this guy, he was getting opinions and the opinions was getting louder and louder and louder. They said, she don't deserve you, man. Walk out. Hit the door. Make her learn her lesson. And in a shocking moment, I hope I never forget the words that I heard. They said, I desire to love her like Jesus loves me. Did you earn Jesus' love? You ain't that sweet. Did you deserve Jesus' love? You ain't that good. Did you work for Jesus' love? You can't work hard enough. Love is a choice. We choose to love, even when we don't feel like it. We choose to show grace, even when we don't feel like it. We choose to serve each other, even when we don't feel like it. Married people, single people, take notes. Real leaders serve. Real leaders give. Real leaders love. Real leaders forgive. Real leaders follow God. There's a thousand million books on marriage. There's a thousand opinions on YouTube, and you can pull up many videos on it, and everyone with their great approach on how to be better husbands and wives. It's all awesome advice, but here's mine. You want to be better single? Pursue Christ. You want to be a better husband? Pursue Christ. You want to be a better wife? Pursue Christ. Jesus, the one to follow, showed us what a real man was by the way he loved. And by pursuing him, we start to look a little bit more like him. The PlayStation becomes less attractive and love becomes our focus. Think about how Judas had to be feeling after he betrayed Jesus. And Jesus took the rag, dipped it in the water, and washed Judas' feet. Did Jesus treat Judas like he deserved? Jesus could have shamed him, 
put him on blast, called him out. Jesus knew, and he still washed his feet. What's sad is people ain't just getting catfished on the MTV show. People are getting catfished right here in the church. Marrying all the wrong people. Getting fooled into, Nick, you just don't understand. This is the one. I know it. I seen a sign, the moon aligned with the sun. <laughs> I've heard that. If you haven't seen catfish, it's where someone will pretend to be someone they're not. And one person, they fall for it. They fall in love until they found out that person was living a complete lie. They found out that person was pretending to be someone they're not. I got news for you, church. He or she is not the one if they don't follow Jesus. I don't care how good they cook, how good you think they look, how many months sober they have, how they give you googly eyes when they walk by. Find the one who has googly eyes for Jesus. We got to quit looking for the, the one, the perfect man or woman, and find the one who's chasing after the one. And if that ain't good enough, stay single, and that's perfectly fine. Stay single and live for the glory of God, or be married for the glory of God. The choice is yours. Here's some things that I want you to consider so you don't get catfished. Write these down. Do they have affections for Jesus? Do they pray? Do they serve sacrificially? Do they love? Do they give? Do they sacrifice? Are they looking to please themselves? Are they aiming to please Christ? Notice I didn't once say how they looked, how they cooked, or how many months sober they were. Submission and sacrifice, God's design, God's standard. Loving you is easy because you're beautiful? I don't think so. The gospel is messy, ugly, complex, beautiful, all in one, and so is marriage. God loved me at my worst. God loves you at your worst. And I said it in the beginning, God has you here for a reason. When I talk about love, grace, forgiveness, sacrifice, and submission, when I talk about marriage, my mind instantly goes back to my wedding day. If you can, show the picture. Yes, yeah, me and my beautiful wife when I look better. Yeah. That day, when the pastor asked, who then gives this woman to be married to this man. You know what her dad should have said? Could have? I would have said, looking back on it, no, I don't give my daughter to you. I don't trust you with her. You can't lead her. Honestly, I wasn't ready to love his daughter like she needed. I couldn't serve her well, love her well, 
And I wasn't interested in sacrifice one bit. For better or worse, not the worse. For richer or poor, she better keep her job. In sickness and in health, I don't even know what that means. When I said the vows, I didn't mean them. Just like I didn't mean the thousands of sinners' prayers that I've said in my life. They were words without meaning, a performance without action. See, when I hand Bella off my daughter on her wedding day, I pray for me that's a moment of honor. It's a passing of the torch. It's saying I've sacrificed for this girl. I've discipled this girl, raised her in ways that are pleasing to God, pointed her to Jesus, laid my life down for her, and now it's your turn. You get to do the same. A biblical man leads the way. Men, it's time to man up. You set the alarm for church. You be accountable to your church. You fight sin in your home. You hit your knees for your family. You be a giver or don't. Be like Adam in Genesis chapter 3. But Lord, the woman you gave me, it's her fault, God. Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? Adams, where are you? Homework today, when you get home, read Genesis chapter 3. Adam dropped the ball. Man, we've been dropping the ball for far too long. It's on us. I don't know about you today, but I'm getting tired of excuses, and I'm getting tired of playing church. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Trust me when I'm telling you this. The enemy loves destroying families. The enemy loves to rip apart. He would love to rip apart your family. That's right. The enemy's working full time to take your family out. He wants us to grow up in broken standards of what love is. Like I said, I had a, a, a flawed view of what love is by my parents being divorced and my grandparents. I had no example to show me what actually laying your life down was. Sadly, with social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the things we're looking at on our phones, the distractions, the laziness, the unsubmission, the lack of sacrifice in our homes, we're making it really, really easy for the enemy. Ladies, don't give yourself up to a man that doesn't love Jesus and doesn't respect you enough to sacrifice for you and you put a ring on it. They won't love you like Christ loved the church. You are a daughter of the king and you are way more valuable than that. Yes. Men in here. Quit settling because you're lonely. Find a woman that will pray for you and your kids when you're struggling. That will submit to your leadership because you are submitting to Christ's leadership. Please stop comparing yourself to other broken men. Let's not be men that tell our women. 
At least I'm sober today. You should be happy. At least I'm going to work. At least I showed up for church. Compare yourself to the guy in jail, and we look really, really sweet. Compare yourself to Jesus, and we all begin to look like chumps. Real men lay their lives down. Y'all, marriage is a passion for mine, and not because mine's is perfect. It's been quite the opposite. I've been married for seven years, and I put my wife through any and everything you could imagine. You know how I said I wouldn't trade my wife for all the money in the world? Sadly, at one time, I traded her in for pornography. Remember when I said I wouldn't trade her for my wildest dreams to come true? Sadly, at one time, I traded my wife in for other women. You remember when I said I would give my lung, my kidney, and my heart to my wife, and that sounded oh so sweet? Sadly, at one time, I wouldn't give her my phone because of things I had to hide. My testimony is a story only God could write, and it wasn't anything I did. The joke was from my wife and my mother-in-law, they was going to have to pay for the divorce before the marriage got paid off, before the wedding got paid off. I did every single thing you can do to destroy a family. When a counselor told me it was my fault that Bella would only see her dad every other weekend, he was 100% right. When he told me my wife had every reason to walk out of the door, she did. Her and her friends had a saying, it's embarrassing and I'm not proud of it. It said, Nikki, Nikki, be tricky, tricky. Yeah, that was what they said all the time. Her and Tamara, and now they're serving in church with me. <laughs> God's grace. A lot of you may not know this, and this is why I said, single people, don't roll out. Because you think this is just a sermon on marriage. When I got caught in my affair or affairs, my marriage was over. I knew it. It was done. I faced it. I accepted it. I was going to stay single for the rest of my life. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror, and I couldn't forgive myself. I never wanted to be like my parents. Broken home, divorced, waiting on dad to come home. Adam, where are you? I always told myself, Nick, you'll be the different one. You'll be a great husband. You'll be father of the year and Bella will love you and she'll just praise you and you'll never leave your wife. That was a lie. Going through this time of accepting being single, God moved. He radically changed my life. But that didn't mean he was going to fix my marriage. When Christ loved me at this point, I knew I didn't deserve it. And I for sure didn't earn it. I was at the end of my rope. Are you there today? There's good news. When I didn't deserve it, God surrounded me with his love. He poured his grace out on my life and placed people around me that pointed me to Christ. 
See, it wasn't just words anymore. He had my whole life, and I was good with whatever that looked like. Worship team and prayer team, you can come up. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown into the furnace, they said these words. They said, our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. That was my same words. God, you can save my marriage. I know you can, but even if you don't, I will follow you. I'll stay single for the rest of my life for your glory. I don't want nobody else, need anybody else, and whether Jonah takes me back or not, I need you, Jesus. See, me and my wife are sitting here today. Our marriage is a living, walking, breathing miracle. The fact that my wife even kisses me is grace. The fact that I get to tuck my daughter in tonight is grace. But even if he didn't restore my family, I was gonna follow Jesus. What is your, but even if he doesn't? What if he doesn't answer your prayer? What if he doesn't restore your marriage? What if he doesn't give you the spouse of your dreams? Is Jesus enough? See, true love isn't 50-50. True love isn't 80-20. True love is 100-0, and no man displayed that better than Jesus Christ on the cross. Marriage says this could get really, 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 really bad, and I'm not going anywhere, especially a marriage to Jesus. When you couldn't bring anything at all to the table, he invites you to it. For better or for worse with Jesus means just that, for better or for worse. He loves his church, flaws and all, and when he loves, it's forever. Are you ready to serve today? Are you ready to sacrifice? Start now. Don't walk out of here on this last song. Last week, I seen a guy. He came from the back, and every few feet, he was uh, coming up. He was uh, having to dodge people going out. And what for? Cigarette? Lunch? It can wait. What if in that moment, he was broken? trying to make his way to the front, trying to get prayer for his marriage, trying to get prayer for the addictions. What if he was ready to give his life to Christ? Matthew's table, we gotta do better. Christ set the ultimate example. He gave his life for you. Broken marriages, pursue Jesus. Happy marriages, pursue Jesus. Single people, pursue Jesus. He is the answer. There will be people up here who would love to pray for you. I'm going to take this last song and I'm going to pray that we realize how much Christ loved the church. So much that he laid his life down, not for me, but for us. Marriage in the light of eternity, it's not about me. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. And let's look to his example on this last song.
the altar will be open. Hey, thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those who sow into this ministry. If you'd like to partner with us financially, text all one word, Matthew's Table, to 73256. That's Matthew's Table to 73256. It's because of you this ministry is possible. If you like what you've heard, click the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You never know what God can do through your one act of obedience. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless.